Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. When the bar comes down you, to hold you in, and you have to, and you can feel your heart beat faster and faster because you know that this ride is going to is going to take you through some crazy loops and drops, and it's over in one minute and fifteen seconds. Believe me, I looked it up. Um, but it feels like longer than that, and just when you think you're, and just when you think you're going to hurl or vomit, the ride is over. You're safe and sound. If you have rode the corkscrew, you know that you've had to have a lot of faith in that little bar told you in, right? We as believers should have this much faith multiplied by 100 in our Heavenly Father in our day-to-day lives. In Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 30, chapter 31, verses 6 through 8, if you guys want to look that up real quick, first person to do it and read it out loud while standing gets a little treat. I'm going to wait for you guys to pull that up real quick. Yeah, I'm a, I brought something. Chapter 31, verses 6 and 8. Good job. Uh, what flavor do you want, grape, cherry, or green apple? All right. Come here. All right. God promises he will never leave us nor forsake us. With this promise, we can be assured that he is always with us. I want to share, you, I want to share real quickly the story of three young men whose faith was tested. Let's look up Daniel chapter 16, chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Real quick, and again, the first person to look it up real quick. Read it while standing. It gets a treat. Daniel, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Since you already got one, I'm just going to let that chill. Anybody else want to read it real quick or something? No. Okay, Coopy. Green apple or grape? <laughs> so there are three aspects of faith we should have in our, in, as a believer. Number one, knowing our God is able. As a believer, we know that the power and potential of our Heavenly Father and the truth of the matter is that the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that works in you and me today. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 11. Same thing. You might want to do it before grace. Chapter 8, verse 11. I'm going to give that one to Devin because he already stood up. You already got one, so my bad. 
<laughs> My bad, bathroom. Um, Faith-filled people believe and know our God is fully able to come through. Number two, knowing our God will. Bold faith is listening to what God calls us to do, taking a step of faith and then expecting him to meet us there. It's one thing to believe that God is powerfully powerful. It's another thing to believe that our God wants, us, wants to help us and has our best interest in mind. Number three, even if. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, which we already read, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My bad, sorry. Faith, we see their faith. They believed God could be trusted. They had faith that God would keep them safe from being literally burned to death. But even if God did not reserve, if God did not re rescue them, they were still going to believe in him. Oftentimes, people say, I'll believe in God only if. But God says that we need to believe him even if. God is glorified even if the answer is no. So Shad, Mac, and Benny sure do have a lot to do, sure have a lot to teach us about having faith in God. Faith is believing God can, expecting God will, and trusting him even if he doesn't do whatever we ask for. They also teach us that it's not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Jesus that will ultimately get us through life. So this concludes my message about faith and how we should always have faith in God, even if. Wasn't, wasn't that a great word? Wasn't that great? Yeah, give God some praise right now. I want you to know there will be some very familiar things that I'm going to talk about today in my lesson. That's, that's how you know that God's involved in this. That's how you know that he's in control of all things. We're talking about faith day. But right before we get into any of that, we are going to have some worship. But right before that, could you play that video? Tomorrow kicks off the Move the Mission season. Everyone say, Move the Mission. This video we'll talk about, and I'll tell you a little bit about it later, all right?
Move the mission. You know, Danica is actually wearing it. Represent. <laughs> yes, model it, model it. <laughs> it's truly awesome. Um, while I'm while I become louder, <laughs> I'll have the singers and musicians head on up. But yeah, yeah, Move the Mission is truly awesome. I have never regretted saving money or doing things where it is the money I'm going, I go, this money is going to go to move the mission. I've prayed and the Lord has like given me a number sometimes that I was like, I don't have that type of money. I don't have a job. I don't know how I'm going to give that money to move the mission. But God makes a way when he puts it in your heart. He really can make a way if you're willing to give. But here, why don't we just stand? We're going to sing a few songs unto the Lord. Let's just put our mind on God right now. Well, we're going to show the love, our love to God by putting our focus on him. We've been having fun, but now we're just going to move into worshiping God, giving God the glory. Here, why don't we just pray? Thank you, Jesus, that we are here today. I pray that you would just bless this word that we're going to hear. I pray you help me right now to just be focused on you for whatever you have for me. I want to lift up my voice in worship to you who is worthy. My God, you are mighty. I pray that we just want to feel you in this place to give you the glory. Oh, Lord, I pray bless it today. All right. We're just going to worship. Keep that worship heart and mindset. And we're just going to give it all to God. Amen. a reason to dance a reason to dance <laughs> who knows this song right it's a good one a reason to dance we know that God has saved us and he's given us that freedom right and that's what that's all about we're going to proclaim that by singing it we're going to be like yes he became sin who knew no sin so he could save us right and that's what we want to remember what the words are when we're singing them proclaiming that we know that he died for us and that he gave me a reason to dance. I can be joyful. Amen. You ready? And he became sin who knew no. 
Amen. I feel him in this place. All right, we're going to sing one more song, and we're just going to invite God in, right? It says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And that's what we want to do. We want to welcome God. We're just going to give him our focus. You know, if you need to close your eyes, you can do that. If you want to raise your hands or whatever you feel to wait where you're having that focus on God. All right. There's nothing worth more that I could ever come close. Nothing can compare. Your our living home. Your presence.
Let's just clap our hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to transition for Colton. He's going to come on up. Thank you, singers and musicians. Didn't they do great? Praise God. Oh, there he is. <laughs> All right. Can we, just, can we just keep on praising him real quick? Just go ahead. It's okay. The presence of the Lord is here. If you've been to a youth convention, if you've been to a church service, if you've been to one of our church services, you know what the presence of God feels like, and it's in this room right now. If you've never felt it before, it's like, it's kind of, what are we talking about, Michael? It's like, it gives you goosebumps. It gives you those little chills sometimes, it's little head tingles. The Spirit of the Lord is literally God himself. It's literally God himself, literally, bro. And the most important thing God wants to do is he wants to be with you. No one else in this world wants to be with us sometimes. There, there's times where we feel so isolated, so alone, like no one understands us. But I want you to know today that there is always someone who wants to be with you. There's always someone, yes, go ahead, you can take there's always someone who wants to know what's going on in your life. There's always someone who wants to take an interest in you. When no one else out there wants to be with you, when you feel so alone and isolated and separated and segregated and by yourself, God always wants to be with you. That's the beauty of the presence of God. God said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus himself, he left. And so he said, where you can be, where I am, you can be there too. But he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless while I'm God. I'm going to leave you with a comforter. How many people have ever felt uncomfortable before? Probably just about it. Everyone, everyone's been around other people. Other people make me uncomfortable. I start talking real quick, real fast. I don't know what's going on half the time. But God is always there with me to be a comforter. So if you ever feel uncomfortable, just know that there is a Holy Spirit out there, God himself, who says, I want to be with you. Always. He will not leave you comfortless. Amen. Amen. Darren, you literally read my notes, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It must, that's called the, it's called God. And you all may be seated. Uh, can I get some help? I need, uh, well, I need three volunteers. Kale, you in on this, bud? Kale, Michaela, I saw Michaela raise her hand. Grace, sit down. Uh, and Fifi, what, Kale, Michaela, and Fifi. And there's three Bibles, three big Bibles up here. See, I told you. What? I know, but, you know, you can handle it. 
I told you, Darren was literally reading my notes because we're going to do something called a sword drill today. Anyone know what a sword drill is? What's the sword of the spirit? The word of God. So if you're in an army, you need to be ready, right, Mason? You're always ready on the sticks on Fortnite. I can tell you praying. You tracked it. You practice. You get into those, those, little, those little open world sandbox. You're like, all right, this is how you want to hit a headshot. You want to, ah, and just get him. One time I got, I got absolutely clipped in the head by like an 11-year-old, and it was the funniest thing ever. My goodness. Anyways, sword drills. We're back. We're on topic. We're focused. Right, Mason? We're focused. Right, Mason? We're focused. Both Masons? He's a problem. You're, you seem pretty chill. This guy, this kid right here, he's focused. I need you to go to Acts. It's a book in the Bible. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Go. <laughs> Cooper, he might need some help. He might need some help. Chapter 1. It's just go into a random page. Hey, you want to also make sure that the Bible's right? I'll, you know what? In fact, I'll give you where the page is in my Bible. We'll see. What? <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, you have Michaela? Go for it. Samaria, good job. Amen. But ye shall receive power. Say power. power. After that, hmm, that was kind of weak power. That was like, oh, I didn't plug in my phone, so now it's out of power. I, you, you shall receive power. 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 After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. Now, um, Michaela, thank you. You can sit down. Now it's down to you two. One of you, you, better, one of you better find Acts chapter 28. And read the last two verses. 28, 30. 28, verse 30. So, chapter 28, verse 30. <laughs> Don't we'll put on the we'll put it on the screen too. Let's all let's all read it together. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him, preaching. No man forbidding him. Amen. Thank you, Kale. You you killed it, man. You killed it, bro. Oh, my goodness. He stepped up. He stepped up and stepped out. And now, Fifi and Michaela, the dynamic duo, I need you guys to find Acts chapter 29, verse 1. Acts chapter 29, verse 1. There's no 29? We're going to talk about it today. Thank you. You can sit down. Everyone give a hand to our volunteers. Can you put up the slide, brother? Today, we're going to talk about Acts Chapter 29. That is literally Darren's notebook. I took a picture of it. It's his notebook. I put some stickers on it. Acts chapter 20. I'm going to pray real quick. I like prayer. Prayer is good for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. I ask that you bless the word, bless the spirit that's already been here. Let that continue. Let us not forget it. Let it just continue to grow in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 29 doesn't exist or does it i'm not going to give you some conspiracy theory some aliens you know that guy with the aliens he believes in the aliens not yeah exactly he's got it oh cooper believes in aliens i'm not going to do that to you it's not some conspiracy theory about it's it was a lost chapter no the book of Acts is, my, is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it comes right off all four Gospels. The Gospels are, of course, the journeys of Jesus and the telling of the good news. That's where we get the greatest story ever told, Easter, the death, burial, resurrection, the entire life of Jesus' ministry on earth, walking around. We get it in four different views, four different perspectives. 
And at the end of each gospel, there is a, something called a great commission. A commi- can we stop throwing stuff? Both, both y'all, all of y'all, we're going to stop throwing stuff. Are you guys really throwing Mason? Mason, Darren, are y'all really throwing stuff? Don't throw stuff, all right? Can we just agree on that and then focus up? This is going to be on the recording, guys. Everyone, so all your parents are going to know. I just saw that, Mason. You sit up front now. Get up front right now. I still said move. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mason, Mason's a big adult, a young adult man. He can do it without doing that. Anyways, as he's moving, everyone, we're going to refocus. The Great Commission. Say Great Commission. Great Commission. Kind of sounds like Move the Mission. By the way, quick plug. Move the Mission is, a, is, uh, is an offering that we do through our youth department in the entire UPCI. And it, what it does is it funds missionary vehicles as its main thing. All the missionaries out there, Brother Ryan was a part of a Move the Mission car, I believe, right? He had a vehicle when he was in South Africa with his family, sponsored by Move the Mission. What we do here is we give money, which, you know, I'm not saying taking money. It's an offering. It's a sacrificial offering so that the mission can move out there. The Great Commission, as it says in Matthew 28, 19, is go everywhere. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what God said for us to do, that we got to go everywhere and do that, and that's what Move the Mission does. It's an offering. We're going to be talking about it the whole summer, and it's going to do, re- do a really amazing things for the kingdom of God. Right after that great commission, right after all these disciples, these 12, well, now 11 men who had just walked with Jesus for three and a half years, they saw him die, but then they saw something even cooler. Before he died, he did many miracles, many wondrous works. He, he healed the sick. He raised dead people, literally. He, he let people who couldn't walk, he made them walk. Lepers people were able to, to dwell with other people. They weren't sick anymore. Jesus was able to do all that. And then he died. And they felt like there's left on a, on a cliff, like, whoa, he died? <laughs> what, are, what was this three and a half years for? And then he came back to life because they didn't listen. That He said that I would do this. And then... He stayed with them for about 40 days, walked around doing many marvelous works, and then he leaves again. He ascends to the heavens. And you may be thinking, well, now they're just left, you know, wow, what do we do now? He didn't leave them without something to do. And that's where we get Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What he says just before that, he says, you need to wait in Jerusalem because I'm going to send you some power. I'm going to send you something to help you out on your mission because you have a mission. Say, I have a mission. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to preach the gospel to everyone you see. Does that mean you have to do what Darren and I are doing? We have to stand up here up front and everyone has to look at you? No, there's different ways of doing it. That's a big part of it, but honestly, this is the smallest part of my preaching, of my teaching, of my talking to people. The best way that you guys can be moving the mission is by living your lives for God. That's the best way. That's the best way. To live a godly life is the best message you can preach because people are going to notice that there's something different about you. Typically a bad thing. We all want to fit in, but God wants you to stand out. He wants you to stand out with kale. I don't, I don't want to stand out. I want to, in school, man, I wanted to hide in a corner and blend in and let no one know I was there. I had a defense mechanism of just talking my butt off, just, you know, to try to make friends. And I just wanted to blend in. But God wants you to do something so much cooler. He wants you to stand out. He wants you to stand out, kale. But that's why, if you're uncomfortable with that, that's why he sends the comforter the Holy Ghost. The book of Acts is one of the most fascinating books in the Bible because it's not just a gospel. It's not just a history. Uh, It's technically a theological historical narrative. It is is like a history book. It tells a history thing. Like we can look at our watch history on, on YouTube and see how many how many TikTok dances we can, you know, figure out and do. Right? That spoke to someone right now. I could tell. I felt that. Oh, you feel that release in the spirit? Praise God. <laughs> you can see all that. It's a history. It tells you everything that's happened. It's a history 
of the early church. It's a narrative because it kind of narrates going, it's like reading a book and it says, and then they went here and then they went there and then they went here and then they went there. And you two gentlemen back there, do you need to move? I'm looking at you, Darren, but y'all need to be separate. You guys are interacting a lot. Anyways, a historical theological narrative. Unlike anything else in the Bible, because what it does is it kicks off the next step. It kicks off something that we all need, that power, that power to stand up and stand out in a crowd, that power to feel self-assured in yourself, because it's not you doing all the work, it's God. It's what Paul says in, in Colossians chapter 2, I stand complete in Jesus. To anyone who feels incomplete, I felt incomplete my whole high school, my whole middle school, but to anyone who ever feels incomplete like they're missing something, you can find whatever you need in God, whatever you need. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother. He's there in your time of need. I was so overwhelmed these past couple weeks, and I was praying. I was saying, God, God, what, what do I do? And I just had a thought, like just it burst into my mind. I know I couldn't have thought it because it said, have I ever let you down? And I thought about it, and he's never, ever, ever let me down. I'm not much older than some and most of you guys, I'm only 23. But in that 23 years, I've, I've gone through middle school, high school, college. And I look back, and there's so many times where I've let myself down. Has anyone let herself down before? When made some mistakes, like, man, I can't believe. I can't believe I did that. Kale's <laughs> like, Cooper, I know Cooper let himself down. I've seen him on the sticks. I feel like I've let myself down. I feel like I've let people around me. But that thought, I know I can never think myself because I know I've let people down. But that thought had to have been from God saying, I have never let you down. That's why in the Bible it says he has never, he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He's not going to set us aside and forget about us. He always knows exactly where I am. And he always wants to help you all. He always loves you. He always cares for you. The book of Acts details 120 people waiting for something, waiting for God to move in their life. And, and many of them don't need to question whether he exists or not because they saw him. All 120 saw him. But there's people all around who heard tales of Jesus. Did Jesus really exist? Did he really raise from the dead? So many swirling stories about the mystery of this man, Jesus Christ, who they said was crucified and now is raised to life. And now he's not there to see. But these 120 men and women in this upper room had a mission, and that is to start Acts. Acts, the full title, traditionally is the Acts of the Apostles. And so the start of that book of Acts, Jesus gives them that commandment. Acts chapter 2, something incredible happens. They're all waiting on God, praying for something to happen. And all of a sudden, it was the sound of a mighty rushing wind that filled all the upper room where they were sitting. And there appeared on the cloven tongues like as a fire, like fire sitting on top of their heads. And they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake in different tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, which means they literally started speaking languages they never knew before. That sounds crazy. That Colton, you can't believe that nonsense. That is, that is mumbo jumbo. No, it's not. It's real. Because it's not just something that's in the Bible. It's something that I've experienced for myself. Has anyone else experienced that in the room today? Where you really feel the Holy Ghost go through you, takes over. You don't even know what's going on. You're just happy to be there. That's God. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God. And it sounds crazy. Mason, Kale, I know I'm losing y'all. It sounds nuts. But it's real. It's real. In case anyone was wondering, we as a church, we uh, subscribe to the beliefs that we are apostolic Pentecostals. Apostolic means that you follow the apostles' doctrine, just literally follow the Bible, the whole Bible, to follow it. Pentecostal is that experience that you have. Because what I was exp uh, explaining that happens, Acts, happens on the day of Pentecost. That's where we get that name Pentecostal. It's that experience that we've all experienced. Uh, Michael, I, I think it's okay if I share the story that you called me about a couple weeks ago, right? Is that fine? My, I, was, uh, I, was doing some, I was doing some work. It was uh, like 8 p.m. at night. Of course, if it's 8 p.m., it's probably at night. Anyways, uh, it was 8 at night in the p.m., I get a text from Michael. He says, hey, you busy? I'm like, no. Then he calls me. He's like, bro, the craziest thing happened. I was just in my kitchen. I was listening to some tunes. A worship song came on. I started feeling it. I got the Holy Ghost in my kitchen. Isn't that great? In his kitchen. 
He was, he was making food. He was just vibing. He was just, and then all of a sudden, he was spending time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because God is not just a place, is not just someone you meet in a church. He's not just someone you meet at a youth convention. He's not just someone you meet when everyone else is talking about. He is your personal Lord and Savior. He is your God. And he, that's why he wants to have a relationship with you and an experience with you. As close as the mentioning of his name. That's why he's in this room right now. He's here tonight. He saw that there's a bunch of young people who want to get close with God. He's like, I'm going to be there because the Bible says when two or three are in the midst or are talking about him, he's in the midst of them. He's right there with us. He's in the, uh, in the throw with us. What about when I'm at school all alone, just me? Just tell someone about Jesus and automatically two people are mentioning Jesus. Boom, he's there too. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? God wants to be with you. God wants to be with all of us. When he left to go to heaven, he didn't leave us comfortless because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He gave us the Holy Ghost as someone to be with us, a comforter. When we don't have anywhere else to go to, when we don't know where to turn to, we always have Jesus. We, one day we may not have parents with us because we may be at school all alone, no one around. One day we might just be on a walk and there's no one else around, no friends to call, no people to talk to. You can always talk to Jesus. I promise you won't even look like a lunatic doing it. You won't even look crazy because it's just something God wants you to do. It's not crazy if God tells you to do it. It may seem crazy to us. I may step out of my comfort zone, but because I got that comforter, because I got that friend that sticks closer than a brother, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. You're never alone. The book of Acts continues in chapter 3. Well, in chapter 2, at the end of chapter 2, a bunch of people ask, hey, we want to get this thing too. What's going on here? So 3,000 more were added to this belief, this church, this growing movement. Then another 5,000 were added. Chapter 3 is when we see Peter and, uh, Peter and John, two men who traveled with Jesus, heal a leper at the gate called Beautiful. They said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give, not a leper, a beggar, sorry. What I have unto you, I, what I have I give unto thee. And they gave, they said, pick up your bed and walk. These lame men started running, uh, this lame man, not because he's lame, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, not because he's like, oh, that guy doesn't, he's not that cool, means you can't walk. This guy who couldn't walk leapt, he just jumped right up. From there, it just, it just kept on going, it kept on going, and it kept on going. Chapter four, they prayed for boldness, so if you ever don't feel like you're bold, ever don't feel like you can stand out, just pray to God, he'll help you out, anything you need. Chapter 5, 6, 7, this church, this movement kept on growing. Different people start getting involved. Then we get to this one guy named Saul around chapter 8. And this guy, he had these papers. He's like, I'm going to take out everybody who thinks Jesus is God. And he was really good at it, too. But then one day as he was walking, going somewhere, he was blinded by the light. And Jesus literally talked to him and said, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you coming after me? And Saul, who was a Jew who believed in God, just didn't believe Jesus is God, like what we know today, he said, uh, Lord, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? And through that experience, say experience, through that experience, Paul had, or Saul, later we know him as Paul, had the ability in the foreknowledge to, to go to uh, this place, wait for a guy to pray for him. The scales, literally, it says scales came off of his eyes. And you see it. And then we see this journey of Peter uh, on one journey, Paul another journey, uh, a bunch of other people intermix, and they go different places telling about the gospel. Literally, the actions of our apostles as we know today, the same men that wrote the back of the book are all described basically in this book. And they talk about it, and it's a history, and it's a story. And if you want something that's just going to blow your mind, read it. You don't have to read it in the King James like I do sometimes. I'm reading in the ESV right now. There's other versions to kind of make sure that you uh, yeah, understand it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's other versions that take out the these and the thous and the thus. And then we get to the end of the book. And I think it might be one of the most unsatisfactory endings of all the books in the Bible. That's just my personal opinion. It's not, you know, doctrine or anything. Because it ends with Paul talking to some Jews, and they don't believe him, and they go on their way. And, and the writer Luke, who also wrote the Gospel Luke, says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. 
And then you turn the page, and it's Romans. And I feel like there's more there. I feel like there's, there's something else to be done. I feel like there's, there's more, because then where do we get, where do, how does the people, you know, how do I become a Christian because of that? If it stops there, it stops 2,000 years ago in Europe, basically, Asia Minor, the Middle East, in this house in Rome. How does it get to me where I'm standing here and I have that experience? So there must be more actions. There must be more to this book than just, oh, Paul just stayed in, in his house and he talked. Because Paul was on house arrest about to be executed for his beliefs. How does it go to the next person? Well, then you read in the Bible that Paul wrote a lot of letters to a lot of different people. So it spread that way. But you, then you learn about this guy named Timothy who was a, a student of Paul. So it had to spread through him. And then eventually... It gets to other people, and it grows, and it grows, and there's more actions not mentioned in the book until it comes to me and it comes to you, because the book of Acts is not over. That's why there's an Acts chapter 29, because the book of Acts is not done yet, because there are still more works to be done. There's still more for the kingdom of God that we can do, because it's not done yet. This book is full of people who are unqualified. The Bible calls them unlearned men. How could they know these things? How could I? I don't have a college degree yet. I've been trying really hard. Nothing going, man. I don't have that yet. I'm not, I don't, I'm not super knowledgeable. How can I keep on going? Because the book of Acts is not done yet. And if you think you're not qualified to be part of it, you are so mistaken. If you think the mistakes that you've made in your life, the things that you know, the things that you don't know, keep you from being part of this church, you're dearly mistaken. Hebrews chapter 11 is one of my favorite, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite chapters. Acts is my favorite book. Hebrews 11, my, one of my favorite chapters. I like the whole Bible. I can't pick favorites. It talks about faith, right, Darren? Faith, faith. The first three uh, verses talk about very important things of faith. Verse 1 is the definition, faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we have faith in something, it means we have this belief that it just has to happen. It has to work. It's like when you're, uh, man, it's like when you turn on a car, like the car has to start. I don't know what works inside the car, but when your mom presses that button to get the car started, you know it's going to go. When you twist the key, you know something's going to crank up. It's faith. Sometimes you don't know how it works, but it's the substance of things hoped for. It's, that literally means it's, it's the building blocks of things hoped for, the evidence of things, not thing, of not things not seen. Literally, the proof of it working is the proof of faith. Verse 2 has something, uh, it has an example of how faith is used. The elders, people before us, obtained a good report. It's going to explain what a good report means. N verse number 3 is an example of how faith works. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, means all the planets, were framed by the word of God. Literally, that when God spoke, the worlds came into existence. When God said, let there be light, there was light. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. That means that we just can't, in, in science classes, I'm a big science guy, but they want to say that everything was kind of randomly formed and just by a trial and error process, that's how human beings became a thing. But what the writer says and what faith we have, we must know that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. That means that things that are created around us were not just randomly thrown together, but there was purposefulness, purposefulness? purposefulness behind every single atom in your body, that you were put together for a very specific reason, that you're not an accident, you're not just some mistake as the world wants to tell you, that you can just, that some other person has a hand on your life, that you're not a real person until you're born or even after you're born, but things which are made, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That means that we know that God created the universe and everything in it and everyone in it you're not an accident. You're not random happenstance that you just kind of got together. You're not the best swimmer of the bunch, pardon the crude language, but that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single one of you. That's what faith is. So automatically you have a justification of where faith starts. Then it goes into examples, things that we see in, this, in the back of this book, in this what we call the Old Testament, 
people like Abel and Cain and, well, probably not Cain, Abel and, and Noah and, and this guy named Enoch who walked with the God and then he was uh, walked with God and then he just wasn't here anymore because God literally took him up, like beamed him up. He didn't die. He just went with God. He's still alive up there kicking it with God. We go into people like Abraham who had to use real faith, real faith to say, I trust God because he was brought from one place where there was no God of Hebrews, where God was, all their gods were just talking heads, basically. They didn't talk, they didn't speak, they were just statues, idols, little stones, little wooden planks. They didn't do anything. Then all of a sudden he heard a voice from God that says, you got to go. So he left, he took everything with him and he left to go follow a country, which he never seen before, but he followed a promise on faith. We see Moses, who one day was just walking around, a man with a past, a, a, a very miserable past, a scattered past. He left everything he'd ever known because of a mistake he made, because of a choice he made. He said, I don't want to, and he found himself in between worlds. He was a Jewish uh, young child that was picked out of a river, saved because every, all the Jews were being killed at the time. And he lived as a Jew in this house of Egyptians. He lived as a man without a place, without, without people around him. He had some blessings in his life, but eventually he grew up and he saw the atrocities that were being committed to the Jews, and he, he killed an Egyptian. He made a bad choice. He made a bad choice. We all make bad choices. I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone has killed anyone. I don't know if, you, if, I, if I did, I can't tell you about it, but cause I'd get in trouble. Uh, then we, we see... Moses, a man in between worlds, because now he has left everything he'd ever known without any people of his own. And he's wandering, wandering, wandering. And he finds family, finds a home, but he's still isolated. Has anyone felt isolated before? Just living alone? No one around you gets what you're talking about? Then all of a sudden he sees a burning bush. He has an experience. He experiences something that we knows for sure is something that's different than anything he's ever seen before. A burning bush that's talking to him. And we say, whoa, bro, maybe you should stop burning the bush yourself. But what we know to be true is that he talked to this bush and he had that experience. And it changed his life. And he became a leader of men, a leader of his own people. He found purpose with God, which is something we can all do. But it's not because of his past that chose his purpose, but because of the decision he makes after he has his experience. It's because he got up and said, I will listen to God because there's nothing else I can do. Why else would I do? It's because he made a decision to turn to God. He said, I will turn aside and see this thing. I'm going to check it out. The book of Acts is not done. It, the, in the chapter of Hebrews, it goes on to tell about other things. Great men who've, and women in the Bible have done great things, incredible things. They've, they've turned over kingdoms. They've, they've raised walls. They've beheaded giants. They've stopped the mouths of lions. They walked through burning furnaces, Darren. They, all through the faith of God. But he says something very interesting in, in the end of that chapter. He said, these all, all these men died without seeing the promise. They were just chasing it. But now we have this promise, this Holy Ghost, this picture of what salvation means, what salvation is real, because they were chasing some... some um, they're chasing the truth, but they could never see it. They had these visions, but they never had the full picture until Jesus Christ himself came down and spelled out the entire story. If you ever felt left out of the equation, don't worry, you're back into it. If you felt left out of the story of the group, don't worry. There's, this is a group that's not going to leave you out. This is a group that's going to include you as you are to come and make a decision for yourself. Will I turn to see this great sight or will I live my life the way I want to. The choice of God is so much greater. The reason the book of Acts is not done because as it says in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, you mind pulling that up? We are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses. This comes right after Hebrews 11, I know. Who would have thought Hebrews 12 coming right after Hebrews 11? Okay, we'll get it, we'll get it. You know, it's, part of the, it's part of the sword drill, buddy. Well, don't worry. We're, we're locked in. We'll, we'll train you up. You'll be flipping through that thing like nothing. We'll find where Habakkuk is. You'll figure that out. Those men, Abraham, Moses, 
all the prophets, David, we are a witness to their story because we see their entire story. We don't just see the good parts. The Bible is not an Instagram feed. It doesn't just show you the highlights, but it gives you the lowlights too. It shows you that these people are real people. Like you and me, they're just living in a different time. That if I was faced with the same challenges as Samson, he would come here and be faced with the same challenges as I am and still be as technologically inept and probably can't speak English either. But still we have the same problems, just in different times. That is why we must lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. That means the stuff that says, who runs races? Danica, I know you're a runner, you a track star. Kale? No. Are you faster than everyone in this room? <laughs> Mason's like, no, he's not. <laughs> All right, let's give a hand to our runners. You're looking at a, uh, a former cross-country uh, participant. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do very well in seventh grade. I was not very good. But I know that if you want to run faster, you usually put a little weight off. You, you make sure you're more aerodynamic. You don't want anything to stop you. You don't want anything to get in your way because you're trying to run here. You don't want to be stopped. And that is what our walk with God is. That's what our life with Christ is. It is a race. It's not a race of, of great speed. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's, it's perfect for me because I don't like running really fast. I barely like running. But it's great speed for me because it's the speed that God wants us in. The Bible says the race is not always given to the swiftest. The battle all, not always given to the strong. But it's like Jesus says, it's he who endures to the end will be saved. It's he who sticks it out, he or she, who just says, I'm going to keep on holding on to God. I'm not going to give up. I may have stumbling blocks in my way. I may fall down, but I will keep on going. That's why the book of Acts isn't done, because it needs to keep on going, and there's no better qualified people than the ones I'm looking at. That's right, Devin, looking right at you. Kale, Mason, Memphis in the back. Looking at you too, Easton, and the girls. Everyone in this room is qualified to run this race. We're going to stand. I'm not sure if I got through all my notes. I had to kind of go off the dome. And I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm, I have a request for you that we'd all come forward. Again, getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit. We all know each other. We've played games with each other, so it's okay if we get close to each other. It's fine. COVID notwithstanding, it's fine. We're good. We, we chill. And do me a favor and be honest with yourself. I'm going to be honest with you. Anyone who's felt like they're not qualified to do the right thing. They're not qualified to live the right life, that they just shouldn't, they don't know. How many times have I asked myself, why am I even here? Not on this earth, but just here in general. Why couldn't I just sit in a corner and do nothing and just be part of the show, just watching the show? I don't wanna be in, involved. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I, I'll never be smart enough. I'll never know the Bible. I'll never be able to say words correctly. I can't say any words more than three syllables, theoretically. I can't even pronounce books like Thessalonians in the Bible on the first try. Did I just do it? I don't know. I just, praise God, he's still moving. But for everyone who felt like you just, you're not making the cut. I've been cut from, from events before, from, from teams. Not my baseball team, ironically. It was the worst thing ever done, but there was not enough people to cut me. I had to be on the team, I was, but I've definitely been put on the bench before and not played in the game because I just wasn't good enough. But this, this gospel, this Acts 29 challenge, you can't be disqualified from it as long as you get back up. So that is why in Acts chapter 2, the very genesis of this book, we see a group of people who have just heard everything that they've done wrong, and they want to know how to fix it. They want to know how to make it right. And Peter says, 
repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that promise was not just for them on that one day. It wasn't a one-time deal. It's unto you and your children, your children's children, your children's children, children's children's babies, all of them, as far off as the Lord our God shall call. You're in the mix. You're in the group. You've made the cut. The next question is, are you going to make Jesus a priority in your life to take the gospel further? We're going to pray because we get some music going, and I just want you to get deep with God. When I pray, I usually raise my hand. That's not, that's not like I'm saying, God, call on me, call on me. It does get his attention, though. He does see, he does see those. It's not like he couldn't see you before, but it's a sign of surrender, saying, God, I want you to make the, this, the big decisions in my life, which is tough if you've never, if you've never asked God to do that before. That's what faith is. It's stepping out. It's stepping forward. So let's pray together. You can repeat after me if you want. You can do your own thing. But I'm just going to pray. And I'm just going to repent first. And that just literally means I'm saying sorry. And I'm going to turn the other way. And I'm going to follow God. I'm going to forget the things that I'm doing and pick up a greater purpose. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the message of salvation for the very fact that I'm not good enough on my own, but it's you, God. It's your strength that is sufficient for me. It's your power working through me that that helps me in my day to day. So God, I am so sorry for the mistakes that I've made, for the mishaps that I've done in my life, for the things that I didn't even know that I did wrong. But I want to do something more. I want a higher purpose, a better calling. I want to follow after something real. I want to have that experience with you. So, Lord Jesus, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me.